0: check 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 there we go yeah you good hello good morning good morning bears good morning everybody so i'm, I'm trying to come up with a a, a title for my hour special and and me and my wife were uh talking about last night bear in mind or bear with me are both pretty funny and um, but we couldn't stop laughing at, at uh never clean enough <laughs> the, the, the autobiography of own benjamin because uh she's sick my son's sick i'm a little under the weather so i'm trying to like do uh you know do do more than than the normal than the normal amount and uh i just can't clean things enough that she she needs me to clean like it's just i don't see what she's talking about like i'll like, I, like, clean something, and in her mind, I've done nothing, and I just think that that is, uh, that's pretty funny, but it's pretty frustrating, but but funny. Like, I will, like, she'll be like, oh, you don't, she'll be like, oh, you don't, you don't, uh, you don't do, like, the pre-dishwasher scrub? I'm like, no, it's... It's called a dishwasher, like you're supposed to just, uh, let it do its job. I don't want to get in between me and the dishwasher. You know, I don't want to take another man's job, Like that's a dishwasher and I'm a man. I don't want to make it. So it's just another machine, but you know, she's my woman and she is, uh, very great. So I'm doing my damnedest because normally she just does it, but she's under the weather and she's pregnant. She's got a kid. So to deal with all the time. So I, uh, cause he, when he's sick, it's, it's a, it's a handful. So I'm, uh, I scrub it and then, and then she's like, Oh, but, but, but what about the sink? And, and you guys have seen Amy and stuff, you know, Amy, she's the sweetest human alive. So I know she's not doing it to be a dick. I wanted to talk about that today like the uh the value of trust in a relationship. It's the difference between seeing intent where there isn't any and uh and understanding someone else's point of view. Like for example, that. I trust her to the degree where I know she's not trying to mess with my brain. So I do it, but I can't believe that's real. Where like someone wants to clean the sink itself, like the sink, you know, because that's one thing I deal with is uh, paranoia, that someone's messing with me. I'll tell you guys a story. You guys want to hear a story about uh, Little Bear when he was younger? That's why trust is so important with me, with friendships, with, uh, obviously, marriage, with everything, because if I don't know you, I can't assume that your intentions are good. And, and every action you can view in several different, different ways. And I had to kind of become a a master of my own intention. Slice of live stream today. Yeah, that's right, Herman. You always got to change it up. I'm not just going to talk about free speech every day. That's definitely annoying. Like People only talk about free speech stuff, like, and how annoying these SJWs are. You almost don't remind people the point of free speech, to talk about, like, the th- things of life. You know? All right, so anyway, here's I was, uh, I, was, I was 19. My dad is a complicated man. I'll just leave it at that. So I'm going to college. I'm going back to college, and my family at this point has one car. And I'm uh, going to college four hours away. It's the middle of the winter, and my dad is like, "Oh, I, I oh, and, and oh, and so instead, we, we used to always uh, carpool, you know." And so my friends were picking me up on the highway, which was thirty minutes away, and then they were gonna, t- we were all gonna go up to college together. And the um, it was cold. It was below zero. But the forecast said it wasn't going to snow. But my dad started shaking. And I'm like, what, what's wrong? And were, my friends are picking me up at 4 p.m. And this is 10 a.m., 9 a.m. He's like, I think there might be snow today. I, I can't drive in the snow. And uh, I was like, Dad, you got to drive me. Just You're not driving me all the way to Plattsburgh. You're driving me the, to the... To the uh, the highway. He's like, I, he's like, he literally is pacing. And there's no, you know, there's no snow. There's no forecast. None of it. And I'm like, all right, Dad. This is what I'll tell you. You can bring me there now to avoid the snow, and uh, and that way I can get my ride to school, and you can um, avoid the snow in your mind. He's like, oh, but that's so early. You're not getting picked up till four. I'm like, dad, just, it's okay. I know you're scared of the snow. Let's just do that. So he takes me at 10 a.m. I'm there and, and then he'll pick me up till 4 p.m. And I'm waiting with all my stuff on a, high, on a highway on ramp with a toll booth. So, so I'm just sitting there with like two huge duffel bags and I say bye to my dad. I'm like, bye, dad. It's okay. I understand you, you know, you're a little crazy, but I'm okay. I'm, 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 I'm bundled up. It'll be okay. I love you. And he's like, I wish I wasn't leaving you. And I'm like, it's okay, dad. Just go home, avoid the snow. The whole reason we did this is to avoid the snow. Okay. So I'm now sitting there by a, uh, a toll booth and the toll booth guy takes pity on young Owen. So, because I'm cold. So he brings me into the toll booth. And now I'm handing out toll tickets with the guy. It was was really fun. And I just got to sit in the warmth for a little while. Because I was outside for like several hours. And so 4 o'clock finally rolls around. And my friend pulls up to pick me up. And who do I see but my dad. And I say, Dad. What the fuck are you doing here? And he goes, I was sitting there watching to make sure you were safe. Okay. Okay. The whole reason I was sitting in the cold and then sitting in a toll booth was because he could avoid the snow. See, this is the thing: I was never beaten by my parents. It was these incidences that happens with. Uh, I've noticed very smart, intellectual type people are fucking crazy. So I had to learn early about how to uh, understand intention versus just bat shitness because that drove me that drove me mad for you know stuff and that's just one of many stories someone said the snow is scary though right he was sitting there the whole time you understand all right if he had just dropped me off at 10 to be picked up at four to avoid the snow which wasn't in the forecast that's already weird seeing as we live in northern New York and we shovel six feet of snow sometimes out of our driveway because of wake effect. I, I get that snow is terrifying, I get it, but that's already weird. But to have your son sit outside in the in the cold, while well, you sat in Arby's a thousand feet away, making sure I'm okay. Okay, this is the thing, he probably was. He just couldn't put together those common sense synapses. That's one of the reasons why I have no reverence whatsoever for intellectuals. I don't give a shit if you can list every member of every cabinet of every president, which my dad can do but verbatim, by memory, every, everything. That incidence is so psychotic that like I had two options in life. I either had to understand human nature as much as I possibly could so I didn't fucking kill my dad. Or, because he is a good guy. I had to figure out. I don't know what good means. But like I had to figure out like what makes hum- humans tick or else I couldn't have lived with him. That's one of many stories like that. where, like, OK, so now you're in the psychological torture chamber of. So my dad watched me sit in zero degree weather for four hours. OK, is he doing that? To make sure I'm safe, which I could have just been sitting at home. And we could have just driven there at 3 p.m. like we normally would have. Or is he sadistic? So he could have waited with me. He could have invited me into Arby's. We could have shared a coffee together and talked and talked. Or I don't know. I just don't know. So. That's the thing. Hey, George, I just told a story. Um, good story. Watch it after, after the stream's over, because it's, it's kind of like a, slice of a, a it's kind of a slice of the motivating factors that made me want to understand um, what motivates people in human nature and, and the value of trust. because uh, m- my whole family's sick right now, so I'm doing a lot of the, the stuff that Amy usually does. And she has a high standard for, for cleanliness. High. Which is great because she also has a, a, a Protestant work ethic. So it uh, it kind of goes pretty well. Like if she wants shit done, she just does it. So that's great. But now that she's sick and I'm doing it, I have to understand the, the point of cleaning the sink itself, you know, which I normally uh, don't understand. All right. So we're also trying to talk about what... The hour special title should be called. I was going through bear bear phrases last night, and I think I like bear in mind, bear with me. And then what got me on that tangent about my dad and uh, and the on ramp was uh, never clean enough. But I want something with bear in it. Can't we all just get along? Why, who's fighting now? Uh, Sorry, hear her and while you're sick, and I know the need to clean. My wife has a whip. ha. <laughs> George, I'm setting up a, a a weekend in Atlanta. We're gonna hang. That story is insightful. I share some of that type of thing, which has had a profound effect on my worldview. Yeah. Yeah, you uh, because people are people are complicated. You know? And for every story like that, there's a story of my dad doing something really wonderful. And uh I'm not making excuses because if you make excuses for people too much, you, you kind of adapt their problems. Like if I, if I'm like, yeah, it's okay. I mean, the, so the guy, so the guy kills kittens. So what? I mean, don't people kill kittens? Like then that opens up the window into some pretty sick shit. Like I don't want to associate with people that I find truly evil, but like complicated is different. And that Arby story is, uh, it's complicated. A lot of motivations. A lot of moving parts. Grin and bear it. That's a great title. Thanks. Thank you. Bear the burden of your existence. Weekend at Barney's. <laughs> bear in mind, the United States is not a democracy. Well, I think, uh, I was uh, listening to Dave Smith yesterday, who I'm a big fan of and a close friend of. He's a very, very good guy. And I think the... Um, the giant, our giant government in the welfare state is the reason that I think a lot of libertarian thinking people can't, like, can't live the life they want to live. And I was going to bring this up as well. Like, um, A lot of the most sketchy sounding things that have come from some of these alternative groups of, uh, of people lately. is is a direct result of the welfare state and the giant government. Like, I don't think anyone would be talking about race and all this crazy stuff, unless they had to protect themselves. Okay, like when when immigrants come into America, the the, the reason that people are getting pissed off about immigration is because they, they bring with them the ability of taking money from us because of the welfare state. Uh, because of entitlement programs, because of uh, social security and health care and all this shit. So that's the only reason people even have to think about this shit. And it's kind of a bummer because it's almost like there's this rock, this giant boulder in a stream of of the state. And there's a reason that I've gotten more and more angry about the government. It's because the size has increased exponentially and they have a propaganda machine to make it so that no one talks about it, Hollywood, CNN, all this stuff. So, like, like the video I played yesterday. And if you want to watch it, go to uh, YouTube and type in um, Owen Benjamin stand up. Women are awesome. A lot of the same concepts. I still think. Except back then, I looked it up. The U.S. government was like one fifth the size. So I could I could think about liberal stuff. I could think about like, you know issues as far as left and right and you know, how are we going to find the common ground and all that stuff. Once that boulder gets so big, you like there, there comes a time when you're like, all right, we need to build another stream around this boulder because it doesn't really, you can't have that common ground debate. And that's something that we all have to be honest about. I three years, even four years ago, couldn't imagine, a problem with immigrant, like with, with Mexican immigrants. Like I would be like, oh, there's plenty of space. Come on, it's America. America's built on, on immigrants. You know, I Hispanic people in general, in my life experience, are, are very warm and, and a fun culture to add to the, the beautiful experiment we call America, you know? As the government just skyrockets, and, and you can tell with debt, you can tell with debt and spending is how you can tell. And a lot of my libertarian friends, uh, one thing I, one, one aspect I love about them is um, they're, they're not into putting people in groups and they're into putting all the weight on, on the individual. So, you know, the sovereignty of the individual and open borders is theoretically possible if there's no governments. But if there's a government, it's absolutely not possible. And uh, because they take from you. And they take from you legally, and they take from you with the army behind them. And people will use all these tricks, you know, call you a racist, whatever. It's it's not. It's literally, it's all a trick. And, uh, like, when someone comes to this country, they now have a piece of the pie. And there's now violent, like, there's there's a government that uses Violence. It has a monopoly on violence. It's the only thing in America that can legally kill. Right. And that's a power that's right out of the Lord of the Rings. That's the ring, man. That's that's uh, that's a power no man can handle. And uh, and that's the deal. That's what keeps people from being able to live their their principled life is that because you can't you have to be a pragmatist, you know, picture uh, picture a, a gallon of fresh water floating in the ocean like how special that is and then wanting to dissolve the the borders because all salt water matters. And then it just, the ocean becomes one, one zillionth of a percent less salty and now there's nothing to drink. And the reason that is if there wasn't entitlement programs, this is the irony. This is the irony is, is the best, of these countries many times come to america and that's one reason why i've never had a racial thought in my mind in my life except for this one black guy stole my bike when i was a kid and that haunts me but uh it's because we always got the best we always got the cream of the crop you know like we would have saudis stay at our house when i was a kid uh when it came to um my parents would teach them in class and they'd come over for dinner and all this stuff. And it's because you always got the best. That's one reason why I always assumed that everyone knows there's different like spheres of human. Like right now, the, the immigration of, of Muslims coming into Europe and what they want to bring into America is really terrifying. They're not the type of guys you want to have uh, dinner with. And of course, there's exceptions, but I don't care. At all. I care. I, I but like growing up, you know, in the in the eighties, you know, the people that are that are trying to get out of that area of Iran because of the Ayatollah, wonderful people, peaceful people, you know. I never had that thought of of Muslims being scary until I saw the 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 population displacement Muslims. Those aren't the ones that are like have a dream at a university and the sh- and the Ayatollah won't let them pursue their fucking dream. And so they come to America with a hope and a, and an idea. That's a whole different thing. And like what Trump said with the Mexicans is, is valid. I mean, it's like the ones we're getting now are they're not sending their best. You know what I'm saying? It's, um, I worked in a restaurant in Hollywood, even up until 2008, even being on the show punked and all that, that shit doesn't pay the bills. And in the kitchen, man, there's this one guy. This is one thing that people don't understand is is the, is the some of the people standing up for, for closed borders. These Mexicans that come here are worked literally to death. There's a guy named Marco that worked in our kitchen. And he had a cousin with a teardrop tattoo that, that we wasn't allowed to drink because he had, he had killed a man in prison. That's why he has a teardrop tattoo. These are all illegal. No one in America knows they're there. They're getting $6 an hour cash under the table and uh good guys i've hung with them you know there was uh, ernesto the insecto good dude you know but are they good dudes i mean they here's here's a quick story though one one in his 30s a man in his 30s who worked who used to work um 18 hours a day he just died he just dropped dead just dead you know no one uh it's not an existence. It's not the land of milk and honey that the left wants to make it sound. It's like these people come to be slaves. And um, I'm such a fan of Eric Weinstein. I wrote him a really long letter yesterday. Maybe too long. Maybe like gay long. But our friendship is um, is fascinating because uh, it's almost like The Genius and the Bear could be the name of the book if we ever wrote a book together. Because he's a genius. He's one of the smartest humans alive. And um, I even wrote him that... Uh, I'm smart enough to understand how much smarter he is than me. It's like I'm 6'7". So when I'm standing next to Shaq, it's even more mind-blowing than a normal-sized guy because I know how much bigger that is. (laughs) Like when I talk to Weinstein, I'm like, he's so smart. And I think that like the the four-quadrant view of society that he set up changed my life. Like I never thought about it that way because the left and right is clearly a deficient model. There, there, there clearly is people on like I would be consider myself. Um, did you see Donald Trump Jr. agreeing to come on JRE? No, I didn't. That's cool though. I uh, I was just texting with Rogan last night. He's a good dude. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> The left right thing, like I am, I am, like I would be perceived by any measure that I'm on the right. But then I'll I'll occasionally meet someone on the left that I feel like I have more in common with than some of these, like, people on the right. And, uh, and I, and it's almost like when you're, when you're trying to describe something very complicated and you don't have enough words. And, uh, like the basic worldview type thing. Okay. So his, Eric Weinstein's, uh, four quadrant. Thing. And the reason I find him so smart is because he's a one of the best mathematicians in the entire world and he can and he can explain it to a retard like me and that's a level of intelligence because like a lot of these like one sixty plus i q guys never really get to interact with human beings and sometimes they go into madness you know and so um the fact that I could understand, he, he, he like has models of the universe with 12 dimensions and shit, and he still goes to temple. And I find that amazing because that like, I faced that sometimes in my life with comedy. And that's one thing I wrote to him where I'm like, <laughs> it's like, he's so good at field theory and stuff like that, that he sees its limitations. And I think that I got that way with like human nature analysis and, and joke writing where like. I I was getting to the point where I was like trying to figure out how to like do a show that truly was challenging. Like, uh, and then you see that there's a limit to it, that all you really get is a laugh and you don't really, nothing really happens. And that's like him. He couldn't predict his wife, uh, wanting him to do the dishes with field theory. He said that on Sam Harris with Ben Shapiro. And I was like, man, that's true that you hit these walls in any field. And, and, and it it either humbles you or it makes you an idiot. It either makes you like think of like something bigger and how small we truly are, or it makes you like double down on being an idiot. Like a lot of people like Neil deGrasse Tyson, I find like an idiot. I mean, I'm, I would hang with him, you know? I like his deep voice. I think that like he's brought quote unquote science to young people, but like, he's like, he thinks that these impressive stats bring anyone any sort of peace or anything he's like picture the moon and it's if you did this in a f- in a field of beans Mars would be in a field of apples that's how far it is <laughs> what and that works when you're nine you know when you think about the, these sizes that people are talking about in the universe it is fairly mind-blowing and the fact that they can come up with these numbers. But in the end of the day, it's like, who are we? Why are we here? What's our purpose? They can't answer any of it. And so, uh, and another thing I was telling Eric, like the thing that I think we shared, and this comes back all the way to the first thing that we were talking about today with trust, I think trust is the most valuable and most efficient thing right now in our society. It's what we need because whenever me and Eric talk, it's like we almost always will talk about our families for a bit and he will like, he called me once and was like, I saw your latest video. It was like a love, a love poem to your wife. He's like, you got a big heart, man. And, uh, and I've told him the same. Like he was, um, talking about riding around in the car with his son on one of the podcasts. And I was like, man, you sound like a great dad. And I think when you have the trust of family, when you see someone else who loves their family, and you know it's true. Like there's ways of just knowing things in this life. You trust them. Like I don't think he's the biggest fan of my Charlie Chaplin mustache on Twitter, but the fact he knows, like the fact he trusts me on a on a level allows him to see the joke. Allows him to see the trolling aspect of it. The whole like if you're going to call me Hitler a million times, I'll literally show you a a a like absurd depiction of it and that comes from trust. If you don't have trust, every action someone does is a potential threat. If you don't have the basic premise, and I think family. That's why I don't trust leaders without children. I don't trust leaders that are atheist. I just don't. Because like if someone believes in something bigger than themselves and someone has a family, they have something to live for bigger than them. And any anyone that has that is, is going to always push for good. They may, they will be wrong at points. They will be over emotional. They will lash out. They will go quiet. They will, they will do a variety of human responses. But you know, like when you love a child or when you love God, there's a feeling you get where you go, anyone else that experiences this, I, I trust. And that way, when you see someone do something, like when my wife tells me I have to clean the kit, the the sink itself, I don't see it as, as a manipulative mind game, like what my dad may have been doing to me as a child. I see it as uh. It's just her, and then I can think not. My shitty wife. I think my obsessively clean wife. And that's what we miss in society right now. I think that there, we 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 burned a lot of the glue that, that really held us together and we did it for no reason, you know? And I was uh, I was talking to Eric about that because Eric finds me very funny and he's told me that uh, him and his brother, Brett Weinstein, the one from uh, Evergreen, that like my male female stuff is as uh, is close to biologically accurate as, as they've seen in comedy, which I took as a big compliment. But you know, he was uh, concerned about you know, the way I depicted Muslims, like, he thought it was funny, but he was like, I mean, we, we, it's like, think of the horror of like a, a Muslim American. that's nothing like those stone age, uh, Sharia law ones that you're depicting, like could have used the word Islam instead of Muslim. And I was like, yeah, you know, I thought about that. And I tried doing like this weird talking about it on yesterday's thing. And someone like wrote up, <laughs> they transcribed how I tried to do that explanation. And it it reads so funny because every time I try to explain, I end up sounding like I'm attacking Muslims again. And then, but I I just, I, I really thought about it. I'm like, okay, imagine if I say, well, you know, the Muslims coming in, they're all, they're all inbred. Imagine the response to that. Like people would be like, you racist. And then immediately just go, how would you describe, you know, people in trailer parks in Arkansas? You know, I've been in the elite circles of Hollywood and a couple times in DC from corporate events and they wouldn't bat an eye. If you say that, that people down south are are incestual, they would laugh, but you say it about people that actually have a significantly high level of incest. And now you're a bigot. And when people do that, there's something wrong with that. And I told him, I'm like, I'm from the reason I think I, his quadrants are, uh, rent seekers, rent collectors. These are the four quadrants of society, the rent collectors. This is fascinating. This, if if you listen to anything I say today, listen to this. And I'm not, I might not be doing this justice, but this is fascinating. This this might help you understand, um, understand society a little bit. And by the way, I'm not sticking up for Islam at all. I think it's a garbage ideology, like across the board. Even my friends that are Muslim, I I think that it's, I think Muhammad was was a real bad dude. you know, Mazel Tov and and God bless, and all that stuff for their lives, and they're good dudes. But you know, it's like being a, a Scientologist. It's like it's 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 garbage. All right. But anyway, so the four quadrants of uh the four quadrants of society. You have the rent collectors, rent seekers. These are people with unimaginable power, and they don't really contribute that much to society. In fact, they are they are collecting money based on these scams, right? We're talking about Social Security. The people that want two million potato sacked. <laughs> there I go again. Immigrants coming into this country—they don't give a shit about the people. They—they they care about uh, moving the needle on some type of uh, uh, power or financial acquisition of, of wealth, right? These are people that don't—they don't. They don't They're not motivated by anything uh, when it comes to humanity. It's motivated by just the, the, the slight ticks of wealth. Right. And it's, it's neither, to be honest, I don't think it's neither, it's neither good nor evil. It just is. And it doesn't benefit very many people. All right. And then you have the, the dupes are the funniest group. The dupes are people that believe the rent collectors propaganda. These are people that typically went to an Ivy League school. Uh, They like Jimmy Kimmel. They usually drive an Audi. (laughs) They uh, have a nice house. They associate with, uh, you know, state senators and they think they're in the know and they have this hubris. They're, they're fairly intelligent, but they're the people, the soy, the soy population, you know, they're the dupes. They're, they're useful idiots. And, uh, and they believe the the garbage, you know, the coastal elites and and elite, by the way, isn't really elite elite is, is I'm using that sarcastically. I hope you guys realize that they're elite in a sense, but not really. They're, 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 it's almost like when you, uh, when you let a child be captain of something, like when it's like, there's, there's three kids, it's like, oh, you're king right now you know he's not but he can think that and then you see them like i'm king of this little playpen and you're like yeah king you're king of this little playpen you know what kings do they clean up the playpen so um they have no idea what it's like to wonder how you're you're not elite idiots are dumb. right it doesn't matter though here's the thing if you truly know that 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 money doesn't bring you happiness it's you see the world so clearly it's 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 almost a burden it's a burden. Okay, so anyway, you have the uh, the dupes, and then you have the, the the troglodyte class, which is what I'm from, <laughs> which are uh, just highly tribal people that are capable of uh, doing very violent and tribal things. And I even told him, I'm like, dude, I'm uh, I'm from a town so tribal that like one Catholic church would beat the shit out of another Catholic church because they were an- they, they revered another saint. And, uh, I like my troglodyte, you know, I think, uh, Hillary Clinton affectionately called these people deplorable. And, uh, someone asked me on Twitter recently, would you rather be a dupe or deplorable? And I, without question said deplorable. Cause I think deplorables live a very honest life. Typically, you know, there's, uh, there's a nervousness that 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 deplorables will give to people. Uh, like, cause you see in their eyes that they're capable of of really burning the shit down. But they usually live by a code and they uh are fun to drink with. They will help you whenever you need help. And contrary to popular opinion, they are not stupid. I mean, there are stupid ones, just like they're stupid everything, but they're that's a category. But they're also capable of being manipulated by bad propaganda <clears throat> and then there's also the uh the final group which is what i'm probably mainly part of is uh i don't know how he described it I what was the name of it i don't want to mess this up because this is kind of all right eric four quadrant theory. <sighs> because we're all little of all of these that's the thing we're all part uh, it's a. Uh, First principle thinkers and contrarians, and I think that's the majority of, of the people that are uh, fans of mine and friends of mine are mostly this. It's the other side of the um, it's the other side of the rent seekers. It's like the rent seekers, but except with morality and with ethics and with like a, a, a worldview that 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 hinges on good. And we yeah we mess up a lot but it's like the people that I see in my timeline and here every day and, and writing the emails and all this stuff, I think are more in the first principle thinker contrarian, uh, category because a, that, that, that will draw Christians because Jesus was the ultimate, uh, contrarian. He was the ultimate first principle thinker. So he was the ultimate. And, and, and this is the thing that me and Eric and, and, um, Brett have in common as well. And a lot of you have in common, I'm sure is, when faced with first principle data, we had to make significant changes in our life when it came to the people we associate with the politics that we associate with, uh, the basic premises that we took for granted in life that, that, I mean, I remember doing Kumia three years ago and just, and, and being like, Oh, I'm a liberal, but I can't stand, you know, political correctness. And I don't like the welfare state. And I think like whoever works hardest should get the job. And, you know, it's not cool what they do. I've always had these thoughts, but, and then all of his fans, this is one thing that made me feel comfortable about being more outspoken about being on the right is um, uh, it was Anthony Cumia's fans. They would, they would write to me and say, man, you're the only, you're the only liberal that I, I respect or like agree with anything they say, keep it up. And I'm like, I kept getting these over and over again. And I wasn't getting messages from liberals. No liberal was like, oh, you're so funny on Anthony Cumia because they can't watch Cumia because that's outside of their, their. he's considered toxic by their absurd marching orders, right? Because they're the dupes. And there's been times in the past where the right have been the dupes. There's been times when, when well, not... See, it's tough to dupe a conservative because a conservative is based on the first principles of, of the Constitution and the first principles of the Bible. It's tough to dupe those guys. But there's a, there's a category of the right that is capable of being duped as well. And, uh, you know, we, we know some of those guys. I mean, they're, they're everywhere. All right. All right. Let me, uh, let me read some of these super chats and I'll, I'll finish off. Barely legal for your special. That's a good one. I like that. Thank you, Nicholas. Big bear, you rock, i look forward to these streams. I do too. I love these streams. Uh, bear balls. Ah, that's good, Denver. Uh, did De Tillo. Neat example of socialism's nanny state repercussions. Look at the Oregon gas pump apocalypse. If one doesn't have to fend for self, you become useless. That's hundred percent true. You know, and that's why I'm 2010 Amish. You know, I'm back to the flip phone, I'm back to like I think that there's you can't just keep going with with the technological trends or else you do become useless. Uh, fucking Saudis, George Soros. Yeah. no, the Saudis are. I mean, the Saudis are the rent collectors of the of this of this pie chart. Like the Saudis, you will find some very nice Saudis, but in general, those are the guys that there's a population that have the money and have the intelligence to actually. That's why I said when someone said, "Would you rather be a deplorable or a dupe?" and I said, "Deplorable," because deplorable, the worst thing I do is I punch someone in a bar. You know, our, our blast radius is not that big as far as like when we make a decision that may not benefit the group. A dupe, their, their blast radius is gulags. So, you know, that's another thing about like uh, one of the reasons that there's that people get nervous about Jews <laughs> is because there's a population of them that are so smart that like they're psychopaths to Ponzi schemes. And that's, but, but you can't hate Jews for that. that that's like on you to, to be a part of something that makes 15% a year forever. Like, you got to know that's, that's wrong. Our psychopaths, you know, the triglydeuts, <laughs> we just get in, we just, you know, shoot a bunch of people or something. Which is horrifying. But like, the Federal Reserve is like invented by psych, like, psychosis. I, the Jews are Jews aren't going to they're not a bloodbath people. They 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 survive Sodom and Gomorrah, guys. They have they have a good they have a good game plan. And I've I'm I'm re- like that's the thing. Like it's all goes back to that story with my dad. Like I am on this mission to understand human nature so that I don't get left out in the cold for 6 hours again as someone watches me from a hill. <laughs> and uh and so I'm really trying to understand why someone would distrust Jews. And I'm also trying to understand why someone like I, I, I need to understand it all. Not in like a God way, not for my own financial benefit, because we all can see that that's not what, my, what motivates me. What motivates me is, uh, is. Is I want a world that's good for my kids and I want a world that doesn't bite me when I don't when I don't see it coming. Like, I got a dream last night about all these tigers. Just trying to kill everybody. And then, and then I, I discovered that, it, that you have to bite their neck. <laughs> that was a very vivid dream I had last night. All right. Uh, cirrhosis of liver. Please follow at Doc Till on Twitter. Okay. If I remember, I'm still banned from Twitter. So Citizen gears is an idea, an unbearable truth, an unbearable freedom. That's a little too much like, uh, like fucking Al Gore, though. I know that we're mocking that, but Al Gore is such a, a soy dweeb, pussy. Al Gore is a rent collector. That's a perfect example of a rent collector. He put out a propaganda movie and then sold his channel, uh, uh, Current TV or whatever, to Qatar. Like, that's a perfect example of understanding dupes. Like, Al Gore understood the dupes, that there would be all these, like, uh, uh, Bill Nye idiots that would be like, Oh, climate change. And none of his predictions came true. It's already past you know, all our doomsday points. But... He got the masses so emotional that he could manipulate them and then make, I think the guy's worth a half a billion dollars now. And he's still wearing makeup and telling everyone, you know, he's flying in a private jet from city to city, telling everyone about climate change and the dupes. Uh, I think the thing with the dupes and the deplorables, what people are fearful of, is that they can be motivated strongly by emotion. but. The dupes, it's an emotion of ego and the deplorables, it's an emotion of family survival. And that's why they're for me and for anyone, I think with a a heart, it's just so clear which one are the ones that are better. Like it's like like the quote unquote deplorables, they will do some fucked up stuff, but it's, it's in defense of those they love. And but that scares people that they can be motivated by uh emotion so intensely. We all can though. The dupes are just as motivated by emotion, but it's for ego expansion. It's for uh designing the perfect society. It's for um it's just for like being snobby. Like they literally just want to be right. Like that the dupes. They want people at cocktail parties to go, "Oh, there's did you know Lawrence discovered the atomic... And everyone goes, oh, Lawrence, but you know you know, his wife is a whore. And everyone goes, yes. They're like snakes. Um, and a deplorable gets scary when you go, that guy over there said he's going to rape your wife. Are you serious? Boom! You know, I think that uh, sometimes we can, uh, myself included, don't think that I'm judging when i say when i say you in a sentence it's it's someone wrote me an email about that that was pretty fascinating that they said that like using you versus i is uh can sound condemning and they're being nice i could tell their intent was good i started saying you because i didn't want to sound like i was constantly talking about myself but all this stuff comes from a um uh self criticism like i've i've like overreacted to to i once saw like An article about how... What's that stupid bitch's name? J.K. Rowling. The J.K. Rowling bought a guy's house just to kick him out of the house. And I went on a scorched earth tear on Twitter. And that turns out it was written by Funny or Die. Like, I am part of that culture. But I understand rent seekers as well because... And this is why it's like... I don't think I'm as smart as my dad because I'm not insane. (laughs) But like... I, I am very smart. So like growing up in a town that didn't always see the angles. Like I I like I would see like a, when I was a paper boy when I was nine. I remember they said you'd get $5 to start someone on the newspaper. It's called the Palladium Times newspaper. And every person you got to start the, the, the newspaper, they gave you $5. And it was $2 a week for the newspaper. So I went door to door in the whole town. And I would pay their first week and say you didn't have to have anything after and I would pay the $2 and I would profit $3 net. I was nine. I signed up the entire town and I made thousands of dollars. And I thought people were going to high five me, but instead they looked like almost envious and like weird at me. And I got paper boy of the month for that. And uh, that's how the Jews must feel. I seriously think so. I think the Jews must be like, do you guys not understand risk aversion? And everyone's like, you bet against your own people. It's like, it's called risk aversion. Someone explain risk aversion. And uh, and I saw that where it's like, I understood the rent collecting aspect of like figuring out an angle and just making money on it. And to be honest, a lot of those people kept their subscription, so it benefited the community. You know? And then I got Paperboy of the Year. Oh, by the way, I used this money, I saved up this money, and that's that's uh that, that was the money I used to move to Los Angeles. And then I was broke again. And then I used, I, I, from that I made more money. So it's like, I started this fun. I mean, my, anybody who's a professor knows that what they make my, my family, when I was that age, we we lived on one adjunct professor salary, which was, I think 11 or 12,000 a year. Cause we had, my mom would stay at home and she was so passionate about that, that we, um, we, uh, we made all the sacrifices so that she could stay at home, and I think she saved my life, to be honest. The fact that I have a mother that was with me is the only reason I'm not uh, an absolute piece of shit of a person. And, uh, and I saw the financial sacrifice. That's why sometimes I might sound preachy on here when I talk about the importance of moms and, and like what and, and just the, the dead end of materialism, because we didn't have a TV until I was maybe seven, and uh, we just had a piano. And we lived in a house that right now, they're still there. It's valued at $70,000. We had one car. It was a Chevy Impala. It was very old. Uh, we we were part of a food co-op. I never had new clothes until I went to college. Because my dad finally started making a little bread. He got full professorship. So $80,000 a year. You know, now. That's what he makes now. He's retiring now. But that to us was mind-blowing. And, uh... But that's okay, you can get pants for a quarter, you know? And all those sacrifices were made because my mom wanted to be a mom and and that to me is the one event in my life that was so pure and good that all the rest of the shit can just burn off. And and I think every person in their life just needs one one person to, to love them above some of these traps. And that's where you get trust. Just one event. You know, one time someone shows you that they love you, and it's like, at that point, you're armed. And, um, yeah, that's why I understand rent collection. That's why I get, that's why I understand the mindset of these people that, that want masses amounts of, of useful idiots to just, Islamophobia, Islamophobia. Is, did you hear about Islamophobia? Just, just, just so they just let in more people, not to ruin Western civilization, but to uh, acquire more wealth and power—that's all it's motivated by. And when you when you're dealing with other, when you're dealing with uh, with people motivated by interests that you don't share, you, you can't predict the future as easily. Every factor you add to an equation, it's a lot easier. It's a lot harder to predict the future. It's chaos theory. Like a ball hitting a ball hitting a ball. Even that is hard to deal with when you when you talk about every factor involved. If you're trying to talk you know, down to the atomic level of what will happen. Try dealing with human nature. It's absolutely impossible. Absolutely impossible. And that's why I, one of the things I love about Eric Weinstein is, is he went to the limit with it, still pushing that limit, and sees that he can't predict his wife being upset at him for dishes. And isn't that the metaphor for life? Isn't that Tolstoy's a confession? You know, he had it all and he still felt like he could kill himself in a barn. You know, his his uh, reconnection with Christianity, because the amount science and wealth can't answer or bring you is unbelievable. Is it important? Yeah, it's very important. I'm not anti-science, but like anyway. An idea and Field of Bears. Got blocked by Blue Check Mark Socialist for using its tweet in my daily reminder that socialism always ends in starvation and genocide. Commies are bad people. Yeah, well they're 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 motivated by envy and resentment. That's what they are. Anybody that like when and and they're not free, they'll never know that the the taste of 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 freedom, like literally the tastes, how, how food tastes better, how colors look better, how touches feel electric. You know, that's why the movie Braveheart was such a hit, because just that one that moment of screaming freedom as they're ripping his guts out, you, you saw that his ne- his need for f- to be free was greater than his need to be alive. Because what is life without freedom? It's, it's you die alone in a bed at some point in your life and you might as well already be dead, right? And that's true. That is a truth. And that's why that movie just cut through everything. You know, we used to watch Braveheart on um, football buses. We just watched it over and over again because it would give us tingles because we're that close to truth. So, you know... The woman doesn't scream freedom; she screams safety because they're motivated by protecting their children. And God bless that, right? But when that's weaponized, when when safety is is the, the, like the story of Finding Nemo is such a good story because it's the father was was almost the uh, pickle I never get this word right. Edipistle, edible. The father was almost the edible mother because the the mother dies early. So the father doesn't want to let Nemo live, and then that triggers the hero's journey, right? And in almost losing the son, the son becomes alive. The son is the it, it wakes up into the world, and the son can can operate himself. If if Nemo never gotten got taken, Nemo, you saw the resentment early when when Nemo said, "I hate you, Dad." That that that's Oedipus. That that's that. If the dad did not let. If the dad, and that's why these Disney movies and Pixar movies are so huge, because they're 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 tuned into those realities of our existence, where that son becomes mean and envious. The hatred he had for his dad would turn to the hatred of the world. And then when he sees um, an, another fish free, he hates that fish for him, and he wants an army to take what that fish has and redistribute it, so that fish does not get to experience what he was never allowed to experience. And that's what motivates communists. What motivates communists is a, is a deep and bitter resentment for human nature itself because they were not allowed. And, and their parents can, can, can um, say that they, all I did was keep you safe. It's like, no, you didn't let me live. And there's a difference between, uh, there's a difference between keeping someone safe from real dangers, which we do every day, You know, we dress up Walter like a freaking, like a abominable snowman before he goes outside. Like we're protective parents, but there's also not letting them live or take risks. And you start with small risks. You start with having them climb the stairs. You spot them though, you know, and then you just go from there and you let them go outside of your eyesight when you know that it's uh, a safe house. You let them go around the corner. You let them have experiences alone. Experiences alone are very important. You set up a world where they can make mistakes and learn from them and self-soothe, you know? Like when your kid cries at night, give him 20 minutes before you take him into bed, you know? That's what we do with Walter. We'll give him 20 minutes. If he can get put himself back to bed, that's a win. And if he's truly terrified, we bring him into bed. We, we soothe him. We, we make sure he knows he's safe. Or I'll just sit next to his crib, you know, listen to him podcast spiral, but I'm there and he knows I'm there and that will let him put himself to bed. But like the skill of self-soothing and putting yourself to bed is, is very important. Cause if not, you'll see these kids, you know, my parents probably oversoothed. We used to all sleep in the same bed. Like all of us. I mean, that's kind of cool. in like a, like primal caveman way, but like a lot of things I had to Hardened in myself where it's like I, no one will help me now. I have no mother now because my mom also is German though. like she has that that like No one will hurt my kids thing, but she also is like I remember one time in high school. This is this is incredible My brother came home talking about Well, she like needed sleep and my brother one I came home um Just real loud talking about how he had weed and I could hear him, and I was like, "Brother, please stop talking." You know, I was the, I was always the one trying to keep everything together. And my mom's like, "What's he talking about?" I'm like, "Nothing," because she was reading me a book, and that sounds like weird because I was probably 13 at the time, but it wasn't. I I like auditory, I like listening to stories. And when the when Audible.com came out, it blew my mind. It like changed my life. But uh, and then she went downstairs and she said, "You're not, you can't stay here if you're gonna disrespect me like that." And she made him sleep in the yard and I thought that was awesome. Cause it's like, this is my home. You are my son. You are welcome here. Only if you don't disrespect me, I'm not going to hit you. And it was summer. So I was like, it's all good, but it's like you, it was the, the, the the importance was, uh, was, uh, the symbol of it, the symbol of you can't just be a narcissist. Like you, and, and that saved me and my brother. But like he didn't even get blankets nothing. It's like you are in the yard. And he did and then it 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 like worked tremendously. Cuz it was like you want to you want to you want to act like a dog? Be a dog. And it's just like whoa. <laughs> and uh that's about boundaries cuz you know 17 is a man. If she did that when he was 9, that's a that's very abusive, but like at 17. You know, the kids in high school—it's like you sleep in the you sleep in the yard. Uh, um, what I was talking about with um, Weinstein's quadrant system is the thing I think that we have in common is uh is that you can speak different languages of culture and quadrants, and that's more important than speaking actual languages. Like actual language will actual languages like uh, that translating words is a lot less important than translating culture and translating uh, worldview. And, uh, that's why a lot of these leftists right now, these, these, uh, these, these dupes that are pushing a narrative that they don't understand their attempt at trying to push their ideas, their attempt at trying to make people like us see their point. Not only doesn't work, it does the opposite because they don't understand our culture. Our culture is, is an honor culture where you have to be able to mock others. If someone mocks you, you have to be able to mock them or else you hate them for it. Like, you know, I was raised Catholic and I was raised uh, uh, in, a, in a poor white town, you know. And it's basically Arkansas with snow. That's how I describe it to people. So New York is Arkansas with snow and I'm not mock- mocking Arkansas or Oswego. It just is what it is. It just is that. It's tribal. It's ancient. You know, there's families going back 10 generations. My original family of my name came here in 1710 as indentured servants from Ireland. And I don't even think they were Irish because they were insanely tall. Uh, They were just, who knows? Who knows where these people came from? But 1710, I'm related. I'm a blood relative of Clark from Lewis and Clark. It's like America goes deep, right? And so... Some of these areas have just ancient stories. And, uh, and so to understand that culture, you can't talk this way. You can't say, how dare you mock Muslims? Because we say, well, we've been watching John Oliver and we've been watching The Daily Show and all this stuff. And, and you seem to mock Catholics quite a bit. I mean, the pedophile thing, you're, you're almost making it seem like they're all pedophiles. And don't get me wrong, I'm the first back in the day to do a pedophile priest joke. I I did a joke when I was 19, in college, on stage, opening for Kevin Hart, when no one knew who he was. The joke was, um, I was an altar boy. They told me to wear a dress, light a candle, and drink some wine. I should have known I was on a date. Hilarious. But that only is funny if I'm allowed to do it to Muslims and Jews and everyone else. Because if not, I feel a power game going on. Because God knows everyone will do it to us, but if we can't do it to them, then what is that? That's a power takeover. And and, and you will never get a welcoming group of Americans if you don't at least acknowledge our current culture. You're not going to bring that shit to our country and not at least accept the role of comedy. Where comedy is almost a gatekeeper. I wrote this to Eric. I was like... Growing up, you would hear conversations like, your dad's a homo. Well, at least my dad didn't kill himself. And that was the start of a friendship. Because you would, if you attacked low, the other person would go as low as they could. And if you both withstood it without being a bitch about it, you could then be friends. And so the removal of comedy from any of these cultural uh, stories, the, the creation of cultural appropriation, I mean, that's death. That will make it so that these people that it, it possibly could have just mocked each other and called the Muslim sleeper cell. You know, hey, sleeper cell, do you got a cell phone? If that rings, we're all gonna get blown up, right? And then the Muslim says something like that to the Catholic. Well, it's like, oh, I mean, you when would you lose your virginity, eight? Uh, that will allow you to know you have similar goals in life. And they're not bad goals, they're good goals. It's laughing through problems. But when someone says, you can't mock me, you know what that is? That That means that person is perceived as royalty. And we're not going to import royalty. You know, and that's one reason why I always like Mexicans, because Mexicans will take the piss, as the Scottish and the British say. Like, they will allow you to mock them and then they will mock you. Uh, But, you know, I think the reason that people have an issue with the, the Mexican hordes these days is the political implications. That the left is pushing it so hard with their dupes because, you know, California voted for Reagan and now they'll go blue forever because you have a bunch of illegal immigrants here that are benefiting from uh, state capital. So that's an issue. That's a political issue. It has nothing to do with race. It's saying, you know, and, and, and the left is, is using racism where it's like, oh, they are demanding that DeMarcus bring an ID to vote. We all know that blacks are incapable of bringing a driver's license more than 10 feet without raping someone or selling crack cocaine. So this is racism. No, it's not. It's just basic, like a lot. This is what I've noticed about the left. The left has a lot of, of degenerates where it's like people that need government money because they're incapable of, of uh, working for themselves. They just they're just absolute degenerates. But they also have a lot of like they have a lot of like evil rent seeker types, not evil, but just and they also have good good intellectuals and like people that, that assume that everyone is like them and that if everyone just gets together and, and, and talks more collectively like you can it's kind of like that movie A Beautiful Mind like that whole theorem that if men work together it's actually better when they even flirt with women you know and the reality is there's a lot of people that just aren't like that there's people I used to this is the thing almost everyone starts socialist I started socialist. Even even in my uh, career, I used to. I don't know why I started doing um, why I started doing uh, beer coasters because I thought I could give them away for free. Okay, this is this is a true story. Uh, hang on, what are you guys talking about? Yeah, misunderstand. I'm not saying Jews. I'm saying there's a small nefarious few hell bent on sowing anti-white seeds. There's also a nefarious group of whites who want global instability. Yeah, guys, we, we can't go. We can't judge the, the the entirety by the minority, or else we become Lena Dunham. So like really think about when people are talking about like um, the Jews and globalism like you sound like Lena Dunham. There are globalist Jews. George Soros I believe is Jewish and a globalist and a total rent-seeking piece of shit. You have to name the man. That's why that's the whole reason that that I got in trouble about the trans kid thing because the whole thing is you just say, oh, I'm against this, but you never name anyone, right? They're like the Golden Globes, I didn't watch them, but from what I saw, it's just, it's it's the absolute, uh, it's, it's the ultimate showing of that, where they're like, did you know that 41% of women in the workplace sometimes are called a bitch? It's like, name someone, bitch. You know, it's like, I did. I said that this guy, Jesse Thorne, As a fucking six-year-old boy, he he says he's a girl and he plans on putting on hormone blockers. That's why individualism scares authoritarians is because when you name a name, it makes it real as shit. When you say, I'm against transphobia, gravity, phobia, Islamophobia, like you can then get social brownie points because everyone goes, oh, okay, you're, you're, you're against. Name someone. And then... No, I didn't see any speeches from last night. But that's how that's how you actually don't have anti-Semitism or Islamophobia. Is is name the person. Say say has anyone done the books on Bernie Madoff? This motherfucker's a psychopath. If you if you um, if you live in a world of the, of individuals, you can actually snatch out the predators before they can hurt people. You know. Oprah for president? Ah, that'd be that'd be a disaster. Let him do it. Let him win. Let I mean, let him let Trump win again. Oprah, an old lesbian billionaire telling a bunch of women how to be with their husbands. Yeah, that's great, <clears throat> great. Oprah, Oprah. You can generalize when you're dealing with generalizations. Someone said, "Do not generalize." You can generalize when you're dealing with generalizations. When you're dealing with that, that's the thing about immigration. That's why. Um, although I'm not a uh, like I, I'm not in the camps of people that are, that keep talking about like closed borders and all this shit. When you're dealing with millions of people, averages do start coming out. And, it, and if and if the point of immigration is to sway a democracy into voting against democracy, that's a different story. Like individuals are individuals when they're individuals. When when that when it is actually a when you're dealing with millions of people, the math will start like a- any slight probability will start becoming real, you know, like if one in 10 people is a psychopath, let's just say, and you have 10 and you meet someone, you don't assume they're a psychopath. You don't even assume there's a psychopath there. You, you look at them and you see if they have like, uh, traits of a, of a psychopath, like they're wearing a Che Guevara shirt, but yet they're telling you how to live psychopathy. But if you have a million people and one in 10 is a psychopath, there's a good chance 100,000 of them are psychopaths because the more events you have in probability, the more likely that the probability becomes reality. All right, let's uh, read some more super chats and then I'll finish up about the four quadrants. I'll take a couple uh, songs about you guys and individuals don't belong in universities. No one belongs in universities at this point. Please go back to your discussion on socialism being an ideology of children. Oh, yeah. Was I talking about socialism that I used to think so? Oh, I'm going to tell the story and then I'll get back. So a lot of people start off with socialism because they don't have a lot of experience with the real world. And uh, you want it to be true because you think that those with envy and those without much at at the at the at the moment will be satiated by stuff. And that isn't true and it never happens. In fact, it makes them more envious and more angry and more vicious. So, it also limits them so that they don't typically uh, grow at all. This is a story that I'm quickly gonna tell. So, my beer coasters that I sell for five bucks after shows, I have not in a little while, but I might make some more of those. I originally was gonna give them away because uh, I can make them for free. I mean, it takes me a lot of time, but I can go in my, like I have, a few acres of land so I can go out and there's trees about this big around and I cut it down and I use a chop saw and I just chop 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 and I have a burner uh, with a bear on it drinking a beer and it says Owen Benjamin on it and so tss, I burn it and I put a layer of poly on it and then I was just going to give them away because I didn't you know I had a one-time expense of 600 bucks for the burner and I already had a chop saw so I thought that that would be cool that like Bands could have a piece of my land and like a cool beer coaster for nothing, right? So what happens? The first guy, would take all of them. Like I would have a giant stack of of beer coasters and people and it's always the same guy, you know, just in different bodies. And they'd go, yo, these are really for free. And when they're that excited, I'd be like, yeah, why? They're like, oh, no, no way. And then they just start taking them. And I'm like, what the fuck? And he's like, yeah, but they're free though. And I'm like, and in my mind, I'm like, well, this is my fault. I haven't put value on it. So I'm like five bucks, five bucks. It's kind of like why it costs money to adopt dogs. It's because they're trying to, to, to make sure that, um, it's trying to, it's, it's keeping out the psychopaths. If you give away dogs for free, one in a hundred people are psychopaths and a lot of people abuse animals. So they'll just go there, fill up their truck with dogs, kill them in the woods slowly with a knife that, that used to happen. Still probably happens, but like the odds are that people that pay for the dog aren't going to do that. Because a lot of times these psychopaths, contrary to popular opinion, they don't become successful. You'll have the occasional one that does, but in general, they do not rise because a psychopath, uh, like the more, like maybe in certain jobs, but like in general, you can tell in a community, the like people will do something where people just start not trusting that guy. And, and a psychopath doesn't, they mimic, they mimic normal people. And they, they always run out of script. They always run out of the script. They don't, there's certain situations where they won't know what the right answer is. It, you know, it's like, what does someone with a conscience say? And, and then people go, oh, that guy's a psychopath. and um, And so they don't rise. Like people don't, like the communities that we form here, is very low on psychopaths, I'm guessing, because we support each other. I've had to tell you guys to not give me money if you don't have enough. I've literally had to tell you guys that. That's how generous you guys are, and that's how committed to the group you guys are. It's like, that's the opposite of socialism. That's the opposite of psychopathy. It's saying, it, it's, it's like, you know, there'd be times when people would be like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm broke, and I just have a baby on the way, but I just, uh, I just sent you uh, 50 bucks for your next special. And I literally, I've given money back. I'm like, dude, I'm good, man. Like, I'm good. Like, I like it when people donate and when people add to the group and people super chat and all that shit. When you guys have excess and uh, and you want to build the group. Because I, I don't have other forms of income. And I know you guys want me to do these streams. And I know you like my comedy. And you know it'll never be uh, uh, endorsed or supported by any major corporation at this point but at the same time like your life is much more important like just being like here and hanging out is currency itself and you don't need to give me money for that the like super chat has a value when you write a super chat I will read it and I will and the group will hear it and if it's a song I know I'll play it there's value there it's not it's not um it's not just free money it's not me asking you for money there's value here And when people that have donated to the special, you will be listed as a producer on a comedy special. And there's value in that. There's pride in that. Because I don't like it when people just give me shit. Because I just don't always understand the the dynamic. But I like the pride I see in you guys. And and I think that that... If you like something, you have to put value on it. And that's why socialism is the mindset of a child. Because you think that people will grow when they're protected, which they don't. And you also think that... uh, And you don't understand that there are people in the world that just will take advantage of it, you know, and that's the thing that people have a problem with, with uh, immigration right now is you wouldn't, you would not see this reaction about Mexicans if we did not have a welfare state. And I think that people that say we're a nation of immigrants, it's like, yeah, in 1890, there was no welfare state. So when you came to this country with a fucking pickaxe and a pair of shoes, it's like a good man, a good man looks at someone like that and says, man, I hope you succeed. A good man looks at that man and says, if you work hard enough to get yourself the American dream, God bless you, new new American. Nowadays, a good man looks at that man and says, you don't get to eat from my child's plate just because you're here. And that's the difference. The difference is the welfare state. The difference is guaranteed money taken by the population of our country by gunpoint and given to anyone who just comes here. That's why you will say, that's why you will see uh, people just reacting to this and it is not racism because if there was no welfare state, think about that. Think about saying like, okay, if you're here, you will survive on the charity of others, which means you have to be a good person. You have to fit into society. You have to have people want to help you. I, like, I'm probably more successful doing this like with you guys than, uh, than some people on television because you guys want to help me. You see me every day, you say that's a good dude. That's a good dude. I'll I'll fight with that dude. I'll fucking plant a flag on a hill with that dude because I've earned it from you. And this is a voluntary interaction. There are people that that haven't earned it. And so they don't need to. Like let's say you are a Lena Dunham or one of these people that make a hundred grand a week, two hundred and fifty grand a week. And you didn't earn it, you got it because Uncle Apatow put you in a in a movie or you got the nod by one of these um uh these networks owned by by rent seekers. Every $5 super chat I feel I have to earn with content, with quality, with technology, with with genuineness, with like uh any like I have to bring you something of value or else I don't eat. And that motivates me to be a better comedian, a better person, and and more uh, have a better work ethic. And if I just had 250 grand a week coming in without any effort, that makes your brain turn to shit when you don't have to fit in with the group. That's what's happening in Europe. Socialism plus low-grade shit Muslim immigrants equals ISIS. Because in 1890, People used to be scared of Catholics because they had alliance with the Pope over the president. You know, that used to be a real thing in America. Now the Pope is just kind of a pussy, but he sips soy, whatever. That just offended some Catholics. But you know what? I I don't give a flying fuck who gets offended anymore. That guy needs to grow the fuck up. But uh, you came to this country and people were like, oh, what about this guy? And you had to earn it with work. And when you work side by side, I used to do a tree job in, in Georgia with my brother. And we would work with, not Atlanta Georgians, we're talking outside of Athens, you know? Outside of that town, like those guys, right? And we would work side by side, cutting down trees and chopping trees with a giant chipper called a Brush Bandit. We had a Brush Bandit, and if you got caught in a Brush Bandit, you lost your hand. One time I got hit in the head with a giant log and my hard hat broke and blood just started streaming down my temple. You know, these are the, uh, one time I was putting a log into a Brush Bandit and for those of you that have ever worked uh, with trees, the jaws go like this. So the tree went boom and I broke my my finger and I'm a piano player and I finished the day. And so there were guys, these Southern uh, white guys or black, I guess, but uh, the ones that have a hostility towards people from New York. And and I didn't realize that they weren't talking to me for a while. I didn't understand it, I just thought they were quiet guys. And then one day I'm I'm, I'm hanging out with one of them and he just goes, New York is more like the East, though, right? And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, it's not the North. It's the East. He's like, you're a good dude, man. I could see his brain struggling to like me. Some of these guys hate the North. And it's not because they want black people in chains. It's because no one wants to talk about Sherman's March to the Sea, where whites, non-slave-owning whites... and their wives and children's were slaughtered like cattle. Right. And to see them, the civil war, always seen as this like moral superior, just beacon of wonder of humanness in the world, it drives them apeshit. They're like, okay, 3% of the total population of the South even owned a slave. And, And, and to see these people paraded like they're heroes. You know, drives some of these this, this culture of people mad. And so they're not the biggest fan of the North. And then after the Civil War, of course you have the carpetbaggers, you have reconstruction, where we basically colonized our own goddamn country. And, uh, and people remember the rapes, and they remember the murders, and they remember the, the children starving. And they're not easy to forgive or forget that. And, that, and that, that's real. And so when when these people would work side by side with me and see that my culture aligned a lot more with their culture than they thought it did, and that I wasn't a carpetbagger. And uh, (laughs) they then figured out how to be my friend, even though I was part of a uh, population that they were raised to hate. And it was beautiful, to be honest with you. And And it showed me at a very early age the um, the power of the free market, because when you have men sweating side by side next to each other in dangerous work, you develop something called trust and trust, just like we talked about earlier with my wife, trust when it comes to like me and Eric Weinstein's friendship, trust when it comes to life itself. You know, all money is is trust. That's why it's called bank and trust, because we money is worthless. It has no value. It's, its value is trust. Its value is I trust that you see the value of this as I see the value of this. And, and we put that trust in the federal government and the federal government is, is fucking with our trust right now. And that's one reason why cryptocurrency and gold is going up and just resentment because we're like, I don't trust you guys. You guys keep printing money. You guys keep spending money. And so that's why the way out isn't more free stuff and more uh, taking stuff from the people who make stuff. It is work. It is bringing jobs back to America. For even if, even if, as Dave Chappelle said, my not, my iPhone's gonna be nine thousand dollars, nigga. You crazy? Even if that happens, and 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 he has to spend more money on an iPhone, the cultural benefit of having Labor jobs, of having jobs with men who work, of men who want to work, who are currently on welfare, who do not want to be on welfare, who get to work side by side with people that they may not uh, come from the same culture and bond with and feel with and sweat with and, and bleed with. And when they eat the food on their table, they taste it like there's elements of poverty. There's elements of people living on welfare and there's elements of people of rent seekers where they don't taste food. Where there's people so rich and it comes in so easily without any effort that they do not taste food. They literally live in it. When you see these billionaires kill themselves, which they do, and when you see the scared looks and their fucked up faces, it's because they got to the top of their mountain and they can't taste food. Because they didn't work for it. Beer beer only tastes good if you work. Beer tastes good in the winter. Doesn't beer taste the best in the winter? Doesn't a cold beer on a summer day, after you put in a hard day of work with your hands, tastes better than any Ferrari will feel. And I swear to God, that is true. And so when you take that from people, there's people on welfare that can't taste food. There's people that just get handouts from the government. It's like, oh, we got, we got to keep the one percent of the one percent. We got to help that. You're not helping them. You're taking all life from them. And it's just like, that was what, you take the ability of them to taste goddamn food or love their wives because then they start getting insecure. A man will get insecure when he didn't work for his bread, you know? Cause then he looks at his wife and he's like, and he, it, because he almost is like, why does she love me? I'm a fucking pussy. And then he start getting uh, suspicious of her, you know, where it's like, what's she up to? It's, it's because you don't feel you earned her love. And we've all been there. And I'm saying you instead of I, but I have felt that before. I have been there. And that's one reason why it's important to work really hard, because then you know your wife when your wife loves you, it's real, you know, and it's not about how much money you make. It's how hard you work. And it's like, you can work hard for anything. Like they don't care about stuff, man. Women don't actually care about stuff. They care about, they want to matter. They want to. They want you to want like do anything for them. They want to see you bleed for them. That's why the archetypal hero kills a dragon, because they want to see you put family above yourself, your individual self, and that is why we can be duped with socialism, because on the family level, socialism is real. A man has to see the group is bigger than himself, but for his family, and then from there, once that family is secured, then you go, you go nation, and it all comes from God. And people that want to think that you can uh, create these hierarchies that are stable and good from atheism are out of their minds. And I'm not, I'm not saying atheists can't be moral, but you can't structure a society based on atheism. You can't say we have inherent nature to inherent nature. Yeah. Just, just look up the, the history of man inherent nature to do good. No, we don't. We have inherent nature to pr- protect Uh, that which we love. That which we love can swing. And you don't want that which we love to go down an alley where the result is uh, genocide, because it happens quite a bit. All right. Parrot bear. Oh, uh, cirrhosis of liver. Oh, Muslims must be kept from becoming a plurality in the U.S. Yeah, well, that comes from work, man. That comes from keeping our culture strong. And we have to do that as individuals. We have to uh uh speak our culture live our culture and do our culture so that if they when they do come or the ones that are here they have to know that they have freedom of religion because we can't sacrifice that as americans that's first first amendment right but culturally they can't change our culture and sometimes it's almost like a drunk friend you got to do it for the friend like you'll have a friend that's hammered it's like i'm telling you man I can drive a rocket ship to Mars right now. I think I can drive to the fucking store. That dude thinks that. These leftists think what they're saying. They believe it. There comes a time when you have to save them from their own madness and say, no, we cannot. We cannot go down these roads where, like, merit doesn't matter, where where yes is no and no is yes, where, like, all white men are seen as these oppressors when we all know it isn't true. And then you start accepting things we all know isn't true. And if we keep our culture intact, the culture that we fight for and have, we can have Muslims, we can have atheists, because they are within a structure that that works and exists and is good. But if we don't keep our backbone in America, they come and they start turning the boat. Guys, we have nuclear warheads. We need to keep this culture, or else shit is bad. All right, cirrhosis of, oh yeah. Parrot bear, potato sacks, hashtag dupes. (laughs) Christoph Zulensky, hey Owen. Hey Christoph. That was a a nice super chat, you just said hi. That was a bunch of these. Clay, you explaining not all Muslims is like your joke when you're standing up for the girl fighting her BF and you still are calling her a bitch. That's so true. I have a joke about when I was hammered once and this guy because when I get drunk, I, I'm a fun bear. I'm a big bear, but um, you know, I, I typically, I mean, I always mean well, but I, I make big mistakes. I, I don't always use the right language. And this one guy was screaming at a girl like intensely. He's like, "You're a stupid bitch, Diane," and and Big Bear started being like, "You don't talk to that." What's that guy talking about? And he's like, "You, you stupid bitch." And so of course I go over and I'm like, "Hey, you don't talk to that bitch like that," and uh, and they both just looked at me like, "What?" And then they almost started laughing at me and then they made up because uh, that's kind of like what I'm doing sometimes when I'm when I'm explaining Muslims. And I'm like, listen, they have a right to put their women in potato sacks. (laughs) All right. That's funny. It's of liver. Jordan Peterson does not understand that we can only fight back as a group, not as individuals. Right. But but individuals in a group that they choose to be a part of is infinitely stronger. You know what I'm saying? That's what made that like, that's what made Genghis Khan such an unbelievable warrior. Empowering your soldiers, empowering your group is what makes it so strong. Like, like Navy SEAL versus infantry, right? When you have like, uh, when you have people trained to a degree where you can give them parameters and give them tons of training and give them all this stuff and then let them make decisions in the field. It's like, it's like a uh, brain synapses where it's like, They will be able to react quicker than than going up a like going up up um like you know going colonel general president you know I can't think of the word but if you empower the individual with trust where you know that someone has the right goals the right skill set they've joined a group because they want to not because they have to they are ultimate ultimate in in a group dynamic because you can. You can, um, you can operate on your own, you know? And, and that's the beauty of, of uh, Western culture is it empowers the individual. And like when you, when you uh, give up your individual rights for a group that you think you have to to beat the group that you're scared of because they're all about groups, the irony is obvious. You just became a group to beat a group. And now you're both groups. And now the only people to win are the rent collectors, the rent seekers the George Soros of the world, because like all this is happening and all he, all these people want to do is see a little movement of capital just so that they make a trillion dollars. They don't care how they get it. So that's why it takes effort and responsibility to really see that you don't, you do what has to be done. You know, you don't have utopian ideals or like anarcho-capitalist ideals when you're dealing with the welfare state. I mean, that that can't work. You can't have uh, individual autonomy when you're, when. That if you do that, you just, you lose for sure every time. But if you create a group dynamic to beat a group dynamic, you can't possibly win. You have to do another dimension. You have to, you have to, it's kind of like why I love the four quadrants versus right left. Because it's like that gives you another element of human nature that you can't possibly imagine with right left. Because then you also bring in ego. You bring in the ability of being tricked. And then you also bring in, uh motive which right left doesn't always do and so that's why I think working on this stuff is 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 good and these things that we're doing here this is important because these daily things like I'll talk for an hour and a half to two hours a day about some of this stuff and you guys join in or not whatever but I'm not looking to evangelize I'm looking to get conversations going within your worlds and just get things talked about that were never taught in school. I wasn't taught in school, this stuff, you know, and it's like, I like this. These are, these are how things really get changed. There's 730 people watching me live right now. And then five, 6,000 will watch later. And then those people will then wrestle with some of these ideas and not agree with some and agree with some and. And that's how we keep our culture because our culture is a group of individuals. That's why I don't charge for this. That's why it's like, don't get me wrong. I charge for stuff. I'm not, I'm not a communist. Like I know value, but this to me is, is very valuable for you guys to like, think about this stuff. And like, what makes bears bears is is hilarious. You know, the archetype of the bear is, uh, there's comedy to a bear. You dress a bear up, like like a, like a bellhop, and you laugh. You put a bear on a tricycle, you laugh. You put a, you put a tiger on a tricycle, it's not as funny, or a snake, because those are just killing machines. There's something lovable about bears, and bears are territorial. You get between a, a, a bear and her cubs, and she gets pissed. She'll do anything to protect her cubs. And they're kinda, you know, they, they look like they drink beer. They love sleep. They work hard, but they love to sleep. But if, but if you get too close, they'll rip your fucking head off. And I think that's why I love the archetype of bears. I think I've always related to bears because I have always been called, you know, a gentle giant that's savage. You know, like people say that about me, like my whole life. It's like, oh, Owen's a good dude. He's funny. But like, man, that guy, I saw him fuck this dude up once. <laughs> it's like, that's a bear. So that's why it's like thinking about your animal archetype is... is, is fascinating. Like my friend Kevin Lilly, he's a trainer in LA. He's a lion. And he has all these, uh, these, these uh, animal metaphors where you're a lion or you're a zebra. And the zebra is the ultimate social justice warrior. Peterson talked about that brilliantly. Uh, that, if, that zebras are striped because you can't pick out an individual. And that's what keeps them safe. If you, if, you put a, if you cut the ear of a zebra or you put a mark on a zebra, they're dead the next day. And that's why these universities and, and Hollywood and stuff will never stand up as individuals, because once you do, you're dead. Like me, they killed me. I stood up for something. I was eaten. But guess what? That got me out of this herd shit. Because it's not—you don't actually die. You, that are, that that type of you dies, which is fine. I don't want to be a zebra. And it's like Kevin Lilly, man. This guy has a—he uh, has his own gym on uh, Beverly. Beverly and Sweetzer in L.A. It's called Heart and Hustle. And I met this dude in Crunch, which is like a—it's a—it's a commercial gym. He's making, you know, minimum wage plus plus a cut of what what is uh what he makes as a trainer. But he there's something special about this guy. And I was overweight at the time. And he started training me, and um, I lost like sixty pounds in like two months. And then we started actually doing some like crazy shit, like uh working out with some of these like seals and guys like that doing these like crazy runs just, and, and we became so close. And, uh, and I watched him go and then I'm watching the Oscars three years ago and I hear Ryan Seacrest be like, "Um, yeah, I mean, that's all from Kevin Lilly at Heart and Hustle because, because he trains Seacrest. Now he trains uh, that girl who's in the, the movie, the room, you know, Calvin Harris, Alex Rodriguez you know like these guys you know you go in there it's a private gym it's only two people uh, two people per session total there's only it's small but it's just unbelievable you go in there you're like oh wow it's like going in Joe Rogan's uh, podcast studio you're like whoa you're like I can smell the testosterone in this place it's just a and just uh, the majesty. and I watched it happen with him and this is a guy that I love and I've been friends with the whole time and and that's the difference between socialists and non-socialists, is the socialist would look at him and say, he should share it. No, man, I've seen that guy. You know, we used to do this thing where we would, we would be up at four in the morning and we would uh, do wind sprints on the sand and then we would go in uh, the water in the winter, in the ocean, and we would do like Wim Hof breathing and stuff. And he would just, he's like, do you feel it? He's like, do you feel being alive again? And I could just feel the fat melting off me emotionally and physically. And it was like, he's like, don't be a zebra, be a lion. Turns out I'm a bear, but uh, he's a lion, man. And lions are lions. And that dude, he, it's just like, and we, I talked to him yesterday. Like we, we out of all that, all, all that madness in Los Angeles, I, I've kept a few friends that are just, you can't. You can't top these guys. And it's like, I pity, truly pity. I'm not saying that sarcastically. I pity people who can't relish in the success of their friends. And that is what the left is based on. And, and oh, right, left, you're always, yeah, I am. That's the left. The left is take with force that which you did not earn and give it to those who did not earn. Because what it does is it takes away the ability of, of being alive. And, and Kevin showed me that like Kevin showed me a world where I'd rather be able to, uh, you know, do wind sprints on a, on a, on a beach and go into freezing cold water with pride, with nothing but, you know, the clothes on my back and, you know, some, some, um, some bone marrow that we ate after just a bunch of bone marrow. Than, than any opulent house because at the same time i'm also friends with all these ultra rich guys making a million bucks a week and they're just squirmy and i mean they they can be cool money's not bad kevin's now rich kevin owns his own gym they just opened another one him and his wife just opened another gym so his wife owns a gym uh she's wolf she's she's the wolf he's the lion and it's like watching this unfold is like magic you know and it's like every time I go to LA, it's the first person I, I look to is Kevin. He'll like he'll be like, "Man, here's a book. You got to read this book." And we just like it's almost like olden times where it's just men who just see each other and they give each other the knowledge they've acquired, and just and just talk and respect and they cheers and they and they accomplish something. Because we're not we're, we're we're fortunate to not be at war. We're fortunate to not have invaders. We're fortunate to all this stuff. But we'll still do it. We'll go to war together with a with a workout. He used to like I've done workouts with him where I puke. Just on like you know, a row machine. He'll be like, "You have to get this many before this minute." He's like, "Go." And and like the fact I trust him and know that he does it to himself and that that he reaches for it himself, that's leadership, you know? And that's when you that's when you understand groups. I I call him the lion tamer, the alpha's alpha. You know, he took a guy like me, I'm physically painted on the wall uh, outside of the Hollywood Improv. It's one of the most prestigious clubs in the in the world. And, and, so, and they painted me in the mural of legends. Uh, granted, I'm not, I'm probably in the lower echelon of the legends, but like any night I could go uh, in LA, any night I could go to any club and go up and just kill and have everyone buy me drinks and have people treat me like I'm special. And I'm wrapped by the biggest agency in the world. And, uh, you know, I've done movies and I was on a sitcom for three. I had a way to swipe into the Warner Brothers lot and park next to Oprah or whatever. Not her, but you know what I'm saying. You know, I see Ellen walk to our studio and we'd walk in our studio. And, and man, that's just, he took that and he burned it off. And he showed me what being a man really is. And it was like, it was epic. Because cause being a man is not money. It's providing, it's protecting, and money is very helpful for that. But it, it, it's it's just having that will to just see what is. I don't know. I'm, I'm spiraling. All right. I live in northern Indiana near Amish, and a lot of them have smartphones and solar panels. Haha. <laughs> those fucking, they sold out. <laughs> David Bear, love you, Owen. When is Amy going to do Beauty and the Bear again? Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. We should do another one of those. We'll do one soon. Yeah. Baranoia Jones, and I got paperboy of the month. That must be how Jews feel. (laughs) Yeah, when you guys take quotes of mine out of uh, context, I do sound full blown crazy. That's one reason why I don't know if Twitter really is my my medium, because I think I'm good in, in like, when you can see me and hear me and see the context, but like in little bits, and I got paperboy of the month, that must be how Jews feel. Like the jump that I make with that statement is pretty unbelievable. Inspired me to live stream. Unbearables came and it was awesome. We did two already. Shaniqua came for the first one and Bears came for the second one. Congratulations, John. That's great. Do it, man. There's nothing stopping you. You got the tech right there in your computer. Just do it. Just talk to people. Like Bears. Bears are good. Uh, Roy, True Love. R- OTPFJ. Over the pants front job. True Love. UTPHJ under the pants hand job no prescription over the pant over the I don't know what C means hand job terrorist over the burka hand job black man over the pants to HHJ I don't know that one viking ATR and PHJ so oh, after the raid and Pillage, nice. Vikings after the raid and pillage hand job. Paraplegic over the pants, feelingless job. Ah, uh, premature. N t p h j premature. Never touch pants hand job. Owen fave chat guy. O t p h j b y o w over the pants hand job. Bring your own. What's W? Bring your own. Over the pants hand job. Bring your own wipes. Love you. Thank you for that fun. Uh, thank you for that fun riddle. I always appreciate riddles. I, the one I didn't. I didn't get black man. I didn't get. All right, no prescription. Over the. Over the. C. So no prescription. Friends don't let friends. I don't know. Let me know. I, I missed a couple of them. I missed I missed no prescription and I missed um, black man. All right. Francis, I wish I could give more one day, brother. Don't sweat it, Francis. We're doing good, man. It's 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 nice to see because I see people buying tickets to my hour special. Uh that's February twenty fourth in Saranac Lake, twenty bucks. Uh it's cool. I don't have to give a cut to agents anymore or anything. So it's like I'm making less than I used to when I used to um you know get these big checks from these big companies, but at the same time they would just they would just take a ton out of it and i and it was like I never actually got to make anything they would they would they would pay you all this money to write a script and then with no intention of ever making it it was just these weird things but dude we got chickens bro we have uh we have every breakfast is already covered. <laughs> Schwartz camp. Schwartz champ. As a mixed race guy, I can tell you with certainty that if there's one group the left cares about less than straight white men. It's straight East Asian men. Love you, Big Bear. Yeah, because you guys uh, are, are, are you don't need big business. All right, this is, this is what it is. It's not about race. It's what group of people needs big government. The Chinese don't. The Koreans don't. The Koreans are like the Jews of Asia. Like they give each other loans. They come here with a with a with a knapsack and within within 10 years they own two dry cleaners it's because their work ethic and culture allows them to succeed so the government doesn't give a shit about east asian men because you guys don't need the government the government cares about who needs them jobs are not needed oh gosh jobs are not needed purposes though and purpose and jobs are are... jobs you hate i don't know i don't know we can debate that i don't know what you mean maxell miller owen benjamin shitting in the woods feel better (laughs) huh Uh, Sherry, in honor of new puppy, Opie, he likes your voice. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I have a good vo- uh, voice for dogs. Dogs seem to dig me. I think I might get a Mastiff or like a, uh, St. Bernard Labrador mix. I found some adopt adoptable puppies on this one website. So I-, I reached out to a few of them. I'm going to check and see if they reach back, but, uh, there's some, I want to, we're getting a big dog, but we got to get him when he's a puppy. Cause I just can't risk, you know, we have a one-year-old and we have another baby coming and we have three small dogs. So like talk about talk about an eye opener I've always adopted dogs from pounds but once you have a baby you immediately are like well I'll definitely go to a breeder because it's much bigger it's much bigger to keep my son safe than it is to have this like ideal of saving dogs so it's like that's very similar to why people don't like straight white men with families because we're like yeah 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 nonsense 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 but like what's going to hurt my my kid <laughs> And then you're like, oh, I'll just buy, I'll just buy a dog then. But there are a lot of uh, puppies that are abandoned, so we, we can get one of those. But I would go to a breeder in a heartbeat if uh, if it was about my, my child's safety. Like, there's no there's no question. And it's like moments like that that'll snap you out of bullshit. You know, I have 17 more minutes before this kind of shuts off. Hey, love your work. Oh, thanks for the super chat, DeWolf. That was very nice. Ben, um, and your Ben Shapiro rant. I was hoping that you would do a Ben Shapiro does ads bit. My favorite part was something that when I'm on the road, my wife is going to need a to shoot a home invader in the face. Thanks from Israel. Yeah, no, Ben's hilarious. And like at most people got the joke. A few people are like, what do you have against Ben? I'm like, I clearly listen to Ben daily or I wouldn't be able to be so good at the, at the impression. Yeah, it's like... Uh, because what he does, it's a good sales technique as paperboy of the year, is uh, he gives you a, a real life scenario where you would need the product. But when he does different, like when he does like vastly different products in a row that don't seem to, to make sense, it sounds really ridiculous. Like when he's like, not ridiculous, it's it's a good sales technique, but he's like, home security, like my, my wife, who's a doctor and, uh, you know, She's home alone, and if someone comes on our property, we got it. and then the one right after will be about uh, guns. It'll be a, a, a PatriotSupply.com, and it'll be like, listen, you may shoot someone, and and the law was not on your side, and these people will help you not go to jail. So when you when it's that close together, it just sounds hilarious. He's like, yeah, I mean, someone will come on my property, and thanks for the security system, and then my, my wife will just shoot, shoot him in the face, you know, possibly execution style. We don't know what he's done in the past. We'll figure it out. <laughs> And then I, I go to sleep on my ball and branch sheets. You know, five, six presidents. And if you count Bill Clinton's uh, mistresses, uh, we're looking at about 60,000 pre- presidents or presidents adjacent. I should write for him. Presidents adjacent could be funny. Because he's really funny. He made a good point with Dave Rubin recently. He said, uh... He was like, because Rubin's going to do some more stand-up and uh, Ben was talking about it. And he was like, it's it's easier. He's like, I don't, I don't uh I don't know if I'm funny enough to be a, a comedian who is political. He's like, I'm more like a, a political guy who is funny. And I think that's, uh, that's one of the secrets of the Jews. Know your weaknesses. That's how they got out of Sodom and Gomorrah. It's true. It's like the dude knows his spot. He knows his niche. He's funny in politics. But to be in comedy, it requires really hitting some home runs. Uh, but I, th- I still think he probably could, though. That's the thing. Usually people that, uh, that that don't think they can do comedy are the ones that actually can because that humility is why they would be good at it. Because it requires like a sense of cerebral mechanized a- analysis of a situation versus just a uh, dude, I'm telling you, I'll fucking make anyone laugh. Just give me 10 shots of whiskey and a microphone and I'll go up there and I'll tell everybody about niggers. You know, and you're like, no, dude, you're going to get everyone arrested. <laughs> Uh, all right. Southern Texas death. God, uh, let me see what you just said. God bless, bro. I'm happy to support your work. Oh, thank you, bud. Appreciate you. Keith. Love the Seven Nation Army mashup. What song was it at 4.55? It's haunted me since hearing it. Thanks for all you do. Sincerely inspiring. Uh, I don't know if I can even play my own shit without this. Uh, without YouTube spiraling. I'll check for you, though. Wouldn't that be funny if YouTube was like, Oh, this is protected content. Owen Benjamin won't let Owen Benjamin listen to Owen Benjamin. All right, let's take a look. Seven Nation Army. All right. Dun, 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 I know. I can just go to videos. Where's Seven Nation Army? I wish I had a lisp. That'd be hilarious. Where's Seven Nation Army? Seven Nation Nation Army? So, all right, so 455, let's take a look at this. 455. I can't hear it. I don't mean microphones. I mean, speakers, let me see here. Oh, it's muted. Oh, it's a uh, whiskey lullaby. It's like and pulled the trigger. Yeah, it's whiskey lullaby. I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't playing it great. I was like messing it up a little bit, but that was what I was attempting to do. Get a pet goat. I've always wanted a goat. It's still in the negatives, though. I don't know if our goat would die. Taylor, Army has to accept Chad's Airbnb money. Finish booking it or we have to rent a more expensive place. Okay, I'll let you rent it. Uh, I was just going to let you guys stay there, but I, I totally get what you're saying. I'll I'll give you a massive discount, though. Like, at least accept that. <clears throat> because I, I see what you're saying. There's value in, in charging because then it's locked in. So, um email me as soon as this is done and we'll figure this out because I, I, I told my wife to, uh, to not, to, to put that weekend on hold so bears could stay there. But I know what you're saying because I don't even know what that means. Bears can say like which bears, how many bears, how do we organize this? So, um, yeah, well I'll, I'll make it. So it's, it sleeps like 15 so we can make it. So it's like nothing, but I like it Taylor. I like where your head's at. All right, Rod, Owen, can you recommend a place to stay for the February 24th taping? Everything looks to be booked. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to work on, there's a hotel that's opening up called Hotel Saranac, and I've already talked to the owner and he uh, he said that uh, uh, we could work out an unbearables discount. But other than that, I don't know. I'll start looking into the stuff. I don't, I don't have Twitter now, so I don't know where I can even post this stuff. I'll just talk about it on tomorrow's live stream. But I'll talk to the guy. Cause that would be that would be killer if we just do that. But it's been taking so long to open up. They said it would be open by Christmas, so I don't fucking know. Uh I got there's another place I could get to. Alright, we'll figure it out. Alright. Lindsay, check your PL box next time Amy needs to buzz your beard mane. There's a gift in there to help out for me. Can't wait for the next Beauty and the Bear. Oh, I gotta do another Beauty and the Bear. That's the second time I've heard that today. Currently listening to this work while Smoking. That's South Florida for you. Ben Shapiro is store brand intellectual. He's JBP without substance. I don't know, man, I like him. I like that he's, uh, he just, he's a, a conservative Jew from uh, Los Angeles and I've known a lot of them living out there and he represents himself very honestly and I frankly like those guys in general. You know where you stand, they're consistent, Uh, I just dig it, man. I dig, I dig Shapiro. I like listening to his voice. Like, I just like how he, uh, it's consistent. I think in a world that has no anchor point, like, okay, he's the business side of of Peterson. Like Peterson's the intellectual side of some of this movement. Shapiro's more business side of it. Like Shapiro's like, yeah, I mean, there is mythology in the world and there's uh, uh, Jungian archetypes, all that, but I'm selling Bolden brand sheets. It's like, Shapiro is the the rubber that meets the road in reality where, where Peterson can inspire and can make people um, clean their room, you know, and uh, realign how they view the world. But Shapiro is it's kind of like it takes it takes it to the point of just normal reality where, where Shapiro is just like good Trump and bad Trump. I mean, I'm just trying to, uh, you know, I'm Ben Shapiro. I have the White tax. I don't know. It's it, but that the beauty of the beauty of this of this kind of movementish way of viewing the world is uh it, it, it you can come up with you can like work on it yourself. I'm not telling you what to think. It's like that's the beauty of it. We're all trying to find do a southern accent? Hey man, I'm just here. I'm just trying to whack off my dick, right? You know, man, shit. There's a few different southern accents. I'm not obviously not good at. That's a conglomerate of like a bunch of different ones. Like um uh, like someone's like Man, I'm telling you, it's like, man, fuck, man. I got a beer, I got myself, you know, I, I, I work all day, man, and, and fuck. Sometimes this dude comes over and he's like, shit, I'm like, fuck you, man. And then there's like the, the, the nasally so like, man, I'm telling you, shit, fucking shit, man. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, I'm not great. I like same with my British accents. Like I'll do like a a British accent that like sounds vaguely British, but not like any specific person. Like I'll be like, hello, my name is, is Chris Martin and I'm from England. Like that kind of like a British person could be like, well, you know, that's kind of, is that a British guy? Like what area is he from? Because that isn't anywhere. Someone just said terrible. I don't even know which one you're talking about, but yeah, you can go fuck yourself. It's funny when people try to do American accents. Have you thought about making a joke on how the training movement affects ugly women? Ugly masculine or big-handed women are now assumed to be trannies. I've already done that joke, honestly, about like how embarrassing, like to put it in practice. This is when Peterson becomes Ben Shapiro. It's like, you can think anything you want, but how do you live your life this way? Like, do you ask random like women that just look masculine their preferred pronoun they would just like start sobbing like like there's there's like any woman over five eight even if she's beautiful has some weird accent uh, like uh weird complex that she looks too male or some shit unless she's like crazy skinny but if you ask them their preferred pronoun they'll just they'll just immediately shoot themselves in the head uh, assuming a manly chick is trans, it's like assuming a fat woman is pregnant. Oh, even worse, though. It's, I think it's even worse. It's it's like literally gutting gender from someone. If you get a chance, Jane Bond, she supports demasculization. She's afraid of ejaculation. She's pretty hot because uh, she flashes her body. Dude, that's a good lyric. Thanks, buddy. I'm pretty sure introverts make the best comics. Yeah, it's true, George. I'm not an introvert, but I am introvert-ish. Like, compared to my brother, I'm fucking autistic, but... In general, uh, yeah, that's a good point. All right, what do we got? Currently listen. Oh, thanks, Oscar. Currently listen to this. Oh, I read that one. Sherry, uh, Samoyed Nordic dogs are safe for the kids. Had one 12 years. Cool. Well, I'm just looking for one that, like, a- there's a Caucasian cur or a mountain cur that look cool, but, like, apparently they're, like, a little intense. I don't know. George Soros. I'm pretty sure intro. Oh, yeah. Jacob, if you get the chance, Jane, up uh, already read that. Cody, does it seem like people lack self awareness if you do think social media has any involvement? Uh, self awareness, yeah, I think people were raised without moms in this generation, a lot of them, and so they don't know how to map the world. You know, they don't. That's why I think just male and just female is you can be a wonderful person with a stay at home, with, with a single mom or a single dad, but the, the combination of masculine and feminine. You know, like you, you almost have to seek it in other places. Like take Joe Rogan, like he was raised with, with a, a mom that, and then a stepdad. It's like, so he had the mom, so like he got into fighting. He probably had a sensei or people in his life or that one guy he talks about that was a, a private detective. It's like, you can seek out masculine role models to balance out your head, but like there's nothing like having the masculine and the feminine in your own home, even if they're a little crazy, like, like mine. Social media, I think we're still understanding its ramifications. And I think we'll level out. I really do. I think that it's, it's, it's highlighting a Ponzi scheme in action that I don't think a lot of people are ready to admit. It's been going for a long, long time. I think the federal government's size and scope is out of, out of control. And um, I think all it's really doing is, is shedding light on it. Like, it's shedding light that libertarians can't really be libertarian because if you don't have strong immigration strong borders it's the welfare state won't let us live these lives that we know we're capable of of the individualism and so like once you see it only expanding exponentially and and you see it because the internet allows us to see through each other's eyes uh it's 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 pretty intense all right i'm gonna wrap it up in three minutes uh owen is right you bears really are funny i i told you they're funny as shit when a chick goes on a rant, you ask, "So where do you fit your cock in those jeans?" <laughs> I just love. Pe- I think penises are hilarious. Uh, roosters are rapists. Song. All right, let's do a song. Nippon. That means Japan. Well, people keep talking about Jane Bond. Someone said Jane Bond's like. She's Bond, Jane Bond, but she's open to hyphenation. She's Bond. Jane Bond, always in need of a vacation. She's Bond, Jane Bond. She can't drive when she goes to Saudi. She's Bond, Jane Bond. She's pretty hot, but insecure about her body. Instead of 007, she'd be 007, seven cents on the dollar. Snapchat chat filter a picture of a dog for a passport. Uh, that one rhymes with dollar. What was it? Uh, uh, and that's like, um, I don't remember the song, but that was a good one. And then, uh, all right, have a great day, everybody. And make sure to like this and comment on it. And I'm gonna comment on it right after. And I want you guys to comment on my comment. Ooh, a comment within a comment i have to name my hour special so and i need your help and i'm sure you guys came up with a bunch of good ones in the chat that will not last it will not last uh but i think i got to answer all the super chats yeah so have a great day and uh you know stay stay hydrated i love you guys too yeah what's up keith keith came up with a great concept yesterday the jews are uh, nothing more than than financial preppers I think that's really funny. But instead of uh water and machine guns like normal preppers, it's uh it's bitcoin and gold. All right, much love everybody.